Welcome to the Channel 17 Podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online at ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always is my father, Tim Floyd. And great to be with you, Will, and we're one week closer to real baseball being yes. played, so that's good. And semi-real baseball is constantly being played. Um if whatever you want to call spring training. Well, yeah, it's real. It just doesn't count. But it's right. still fun. It makes me feel better just knowing they're playing now. They're out there. We don't have to totally imagine everything. Right. Uh, we are going to try and imagine what the pitching staff will look like as part of a preview series today. Uh, but before right. we get there, there are two pieces of news. I'm actually going to start with the most recent, because I know you've been at a conference, and I don't know if you saw the Braves officially option to minor league camp Colby Allard, uh, Mike Soroka, Phil Pfeiffer, Ray Patrick Ditter, Christian Pache, Tyler Marlett, and Cade Civic. Yeah, um, no, surprise no surprise about any of those, but as we talk about the Braves pitchers this year, those first two names you mentioned, uh, Allard and Soroka, we may very well see in Atlanta, but obviously they weren't going to start out but, uh, on the Major League right. roster for opening day. They were reassigned to minor league camp because they are not part of the 40-man roster. Right, right. As compared to, if I'm understanding the transactions right, and Lord knows how it could shake out, and they could also probably put these guys on waivers and hold them. They also sent down left-handed pitcher Jesse Biddle, left-handed pitcher Adam McCreary, and left-handed pitcher Ricardo Sanchez. So I guess all those guys had a chance to be a lefty out of the bullpen, but not really. Nah, not really. Um... If lots of people got injured, they could have started the uh, year. Ricardo the Sanchez may yet, um, but again, he's he's still pretty young, and he's they're still trying to see what he can do. He's a guy that we hadn't given up yet, as you talk about prospects, but he, yeah. again, he wasn't going to be on the Braves roster this year. So that was the most recent transaction news. The other one was the Braves actually made a trade and acquired a player who will be on the Major League roster, presumably. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'll have to admit, I, I, I saw the name and I thought, who is that? Uh, <laughs> what it is, is the Braves uh, acquired Ryan Schimpf from the Tampa Bay Rays for, I don't think, anything officially yet. So either cash right. or yeah. player to be named later or whatever. Uh, if you like the three true outcomes, you will appreciate Ryan Schimpf. I, I, I'll admit that the name, I thought, that sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't place who that is. But I did a little bit of online looking at the guy. And yeah, he is, uh, if you like batting average, you'll hate the guy. Yeah. If you like a guy with some power who can yeah. get on base despite a low batting average, maybe so. He has a combined, at this point, uh, 527 plate appearances, which is like the minimum. For okay, so like one season, yeah. Um. He, as a major leaguer, has hit 195, but with a 317 on base and a 492 slugging. Right. While playing for the Padres over the past two seasons, he managed to hit the ball out of the park 34 times. And that is not an easy ballpark to have as your home park. That's pretty phenomenal, really, to think that you could have an OPS um, around 800, Hamilton, and... Um, with a batting average below 200. Yes. Um, and, and hitting that many home runs. How, how many Braves that will be starting this year uh, have hit 36 home runs over the last two years? <laughs> I'm not sure Freddy. any of them have other than Freddie. 
I'm doing it off the top of my head, but I don't think any of the rest of them have. Yeah, so um, even including some of the minor league stats. Right. Um, he is, but he's just not, he's not a high average hitter. He's a left-handed hitter, right? Uh, he may be yeah. part of a platoon at third base with Camargo. Maybe he's, I looked at his splits. He cannot hit a left-handed pitcher to save right. his life. Um, he is a so, platoon bat. Uh-huh. Bobby Cox would have loved the guy. Yeah. Um, he probably could play the outfield if he really wanted to. What's interesting to me about this is, in some ways, it's almost saying we don't necessarily want to fully believe Rio Ruiz and Johan Camargo are absolutely either one oh, guy. I, I, I think that's clear that uh, management knows that those two guys they can't count on. I think they'd like to see what they both can do in some regular playing time, but why not take a flyer on a guy like this? Because also... There's, an, there's another third baseman they did not sign, who I noticed just today, yes, resigned, and that's Moustakas, which is... Um, that's a guy who had all of something like 38 home runs in one season last year. Yeah, and, uh, and yet there were no crazy. takers in the free agent market. It's um, like a one-year deal, right? For a ton, but then he's got a crazy mutual option that if right. neither side decides to go for, either one can back out next year. Right. The Royals have to pay him one million. Yeah. So presumably now he goes into a more crowded third base free agent market next year. Unless he's right. a disaster. It's really <laughs> weird. But the Braves clearly didn't want to block Camargo and Ruiz if they had a chance yeah. this year. Or probably more likely Austin Riley in the future. Yeah, but if, if, if Moustakas could be had on a one-year deal, there's not any doubt the Braves would be stronger this year if Moustakas at third base than Camargo, Ruiz, and Detlef Shrimp or whatever the last name is. Um, right? I yeah, mean, but it was a lot of money and... Probably yeah, he was oh, only willing to go back to the Royals. I'm not that high on Moustak. His career on-base percentage is lower than what you said that, um, that Shrimp says. It really is. I mean, it, his career on-base percentage is barely 300. Um, Can I just say so I, that I am amazed that you're going with Detlef Shrimp references rather than Three <laughs> Stooges references here? So if I made a bet, I would have been wrong. Yeah, but in other words... I, I, it's it's not going to change too much. Uh, obviously, you'd rather have Curly. Yeah. But if, if um, you have to go with Shelf, it's better than nothing. Yeah. I'm going to say, Freddie Freeman, if he let himself go, wouldn't be that far away. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm looking at the Braves' official MLB.com page and their uh, depth chart, which is fascinating. And I'll probably be looking at it more as we do this. But because we are going to talk about the pitching staff... I decided yeah. to see what they said were sort of the rankings, I guess, of the pitchers going into the season. Okay, kind of like a depth chart in order. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but okay. they put Schimpf behind Camargo Ruiz and Culberson, so I don't know if that's really right. how it would reflect. I think there's... But also, there are officially... There's no way to know yet, but we can talk about all that next week as we shake right. out the, the offense. Let's, let's talk about pitchers. So um, here we go. There are officially eight starting pitchers listed in the rotation, which I think is probably standard at this point of the year. Uh-huh. Things get weird. No one has a set starting five probably anywhere in the majors right now. Right. Um, to be honest, it's not clear what role Charlie Morton has on the Astros, and he clinched their World Series victory. Right. Um, so let's oh, take this yeah. all with a grain of salt, right? Uh-huh. Right. 
Here is what the Braves list is their eight starters on the depth chart. Okay. In this order, Julio Teron, Mike sure. Fultonawich, yep. Brandon McCarthy, Sean yep. Newcomb, Luis Gohara, <laughs> Lucas Sims, Max Freed, Scott Casimir. Okay. What a weird list. <laughs> it is. I think on like we'll every level. All of those guys probably starting some games for the Braves this year, along with some other people that we talked about that will be coming along later. Um, I, th- I think we'll see a lot of different starting pitchers. Um, the, the problem with the Braves starting pitchers is there's nobody on that list that you can just say, that guy we can count on for X. <laughs> um, yeah. Julio's the number one starter, and he'll be the opening day starter yet again. Um, and he's been durable and dependable in a lot of ways, but he has been anything but predictable. He's he's looked like you know a, one of the top starters in the league on occasion, and then he has whole years where he's really barely replacement level last year being one of those so we don't know what we're going to get out of julio if you and we know better out of him than the rest of them yeah well that's so much uncertainty he is a 27 year old coming into this season he turned 27 in january right and which is kind of it seems like he's been around forever right but for Um, his career he has a 359 era um he struck out 860 people in a thousand and nine innings and for his career, has a 1.198 whip. So I tell you what, if he would produce those numbers, I know 180 innings this year. Say, wow, great. There's Take no it. reason we should think that would happen. Um, well, that, because he didn't come close to that last year. And well, here's what I want to point out: two years before he was pretty good, but the year before that he was pretty bad. So he's coming off two out of three years where he's been far worse than those career numbers yes. you're talking about. So the trend isn't good. On the other hand, if you look though, at the trend like in even-numbered years, he pitches pretty well. Maybe maybe this is his year. Yeah, but I think it's also he has this interesting thing where his lowest ERA plus is a 95, which was 2015 and 2017. Right. The ERAs are totally different. He had a 404 in 2015 and a 449 last year. but Different run environment, obviously. Different run environment. Also, his splits last park. year were crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, his home road splits? Everything. Well, yeah. Everything he did last year I think a lot of people know no about sense. his home road splits. He, he was horrific in the new SunTrust Park. So, I mean, he really struggled. He had a pretty good record on the road. He was in 188 innings. A good pitcher, right? That's fair to yeah. say. Yeah, I think so. Um, but never great. He was much better over the second half. He was kind of bad outright to start the year yeah now that, that's a that's a trend you might feel good about when you split it up at the all he just break. had a couple of bad months but then he turned the corner and pick up where he left off that would be pretty good but man it is so weird he uh he gave up a lot of home runs last year that was and he I gave think, up the a lot of problem. home runs at home right yeah most of them were at SunTrust park but he gave up a ton so and and he's their ace. He's their number one guy. So for reasons, that tells you a lot about their yeah. rotation. Yeah. For reasons that I don't totally get, the home and away stats are listed both as opponents' batting stats and by like actual pitching stats on baseball reference. 
Okay. But it, well. it is helpful to see this, that at home, batters hit 272, 351, 473 against him. Ooh. Ooh. Basically, everyone together hit Julio like, uh, you like know, an all-star. above average <laughs> yeah. all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> on the road, though, he was great. He had a 5.86 ERA at home, a 3.14 on the road. Yeah. That's just fluky. That's not consistent. It is. Right? And, I, 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 you know, people say, oh, we just obviously can't pitch in that park. It's just small sample size. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Although there is some truth to the fact that. Well, well I, actually, a lefty I don't know pull hitter true. does better in SunTrust than any park. Right. Early on last year, everybody said SunTrust Park is going to be a lot more home runs. I'm not sure it worked out that way by the time the season was over. But clearly it's a shorter right field than it was back at Turner Field. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm not that worried about the home road splits. The main thing I'm more concerned about with Tehran is, can he be more like the pitcher he was in 2016 and 2014 than he was in 2015 and 2017? And if he um, is, he is in the Cy Young conversation, although like he would get some down-ballot votes, not he is the Cy right. But that you need that from him, partly because, as you already said, the Braves don't have another guy who you'd feel like, man, this is someone who will take the ball every fifth day and just be really good. Yeah. Literally they, they got nobody. lots of potential, but nobody who's proven himself at well, the major league level that way. sort of hold off on potential, although I'm saying that because okay. I want to talk about Mike Fultonavich next, but also Brandon okay. McCarthy and Scott Kazmier. Okay. Fulte is older than any of the prospects we're talking about, including even the oldest of them, Sean Newcomb. Fulte is almost as old as Tehran, right? right? They're he's, less than a year apart. Less than a year yeah. away. So he's he needs to be a consistent guy. He had the Boy, opposite consistent. of Tehran last year. He was yeah. good to start the year and then fell off, but then he also kind of recovered at the end. Yeah, Fultonavich has is, is been... You know, extremely frustrating for Braves fans because he certainly has shown flashes. He had that one game where he took a no-hitter into the ninth. He's had several other games where his game score was probably comparable to that. Plus, he throws the high 90s fastball, um, and you just think that he's so close. Um, and it's, But he can really get hit hard sometimes, and I don't know enough about it to know what the problem is. It may be, I mean, I think it is command of the fastball, even when you throw it 97, if it's pretty straight and down the middle, major league hitters are going to hit it. Um, a lot of people talk about, you know, emotional issues, like he loses concentration or he gets frustrated. Again, I don't have enough, <laughs> I don't know enough to know whether that's part of the issue, but he is just maddingly inconsistent, and he just never has put it together for any real stretches at a time, and I think this is the make-or-break year for him. Well, uh, if, he's pitched uh, parts of four seasons in the majors, uh-huh. starting with mostly out of the bullpen for Houston in 2014. Then we acquired him. And he has 382 innings and a 487 yeah. career ERA. 449 fielding independent pitching, if you want to put stock in that more. On the other hand, the main right. point here is he's never been great. Right. He's never had that he, moment. He's had a few great starts, but that's yes. not at all the same thing as saying, you know, even for a couple of months, really pitching well. He, he never has done that. He might After turn out really to like... really three years as a starter. Yeah. 
be a good reliever because he does have that fastball. But as you said, the knock on him has always been he kind of gets in these weird streaks. Right. Now, here are some weird stats. In 2016, in 123 innings, he threw 13 wild pitches, which is like Nuke Lelouch level stuff. Right. He curled that back to four last year, but he did hit 10 batters before hitting six in the previous year. So I don't know if that's a control thing. The other weird thing is he doesn't give up home runs. Yeah, he's people don't barrel it up that hard against him, it seems. so. But I mean, if, he, he's given up a, an average of 10.1 hits per nine innings and 9.9 last year. Yeah. So people are at least squaring up enough to... They're, they're the squaring up enough to hit the ball hard, obviously, yep. But that's why it's also frustrating that you think, well, here's a guy who just, you know, gives up two or three less singles per game. And, you know, maybe strikes out an extra batter or gets a ground ball double play there. And all of a sudden he looks a lot better. Right. Yeah, I mean, they obviously haven't given up on him because he's close enough. He he did go through a bad stretch in the second half last year, though, just <laughs> when you think maybe this guy's going to be the kind of pitcher you always hoped he was. He was he was as bad in July and August as he's ever been in the major yes. leagues, which is not a good sign. So there is a version of Fulte that we've all seen that could be very good. Oh, yeah. That could be reliable, but he hasn't proven he can consistently be there. As you were saying about July and August, as slowly my computer loads, um, I mean, he was he was just bad. At, well, he was good in June. This is the one thing I want to point out. He had a 2.97 right. ERA in six starts in June, then a 4.88 in July, then an 8.61 ERA in August. I don't know what happened in August. But he somehow he won a game. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> he, he, I, re, I, I don't remember specifics that much. I just remember him getting shelled in August. And he wasn't, and he couldn't go very deep in the games at all, get knocked out early. He, he, I never heard there was anything physical wrong or what the story was. But, so, who knows? Um, yeah. Opposing batters hit 337 against him during the month of mm-hmm. August. Ooh. 337. Yeah. With walks and power. It wasn't good. Although, again, not a whole lot of home runs. He's as inconsistent that as our friend Julio Tehran's been. I'm not sure he's had any months like that as a major league pitcher. Um, on the other hand, you have to have the most faith in those two guys we just talked about because they're young. They've they're been the good at times. Top two guys, yeah. They have actually have experience as compared to some of the other young, talented pitchers on this yeah. team. So instead, oh, actually, the next two guys you mentioned a moment ago, McCarthy and, and Kazma. Oh, yeah. They... they, they they have more proven success at the major league level than, than the guys you've talked about so far. McCarthy has had some very good years. and Oh, he's been great. Um, I mean, I, I remember him so well with the Rays back, it was a decade ago now, coming up. I um, thought, this guy is really good. Um, well, here, let's talk about but, McCarthy quickly because he uh, was with the Dodgers the last three years. The most he pitched was 92 innings last year where he had a 3.98 ERA. Right. That's not great if your home stadium is Dodger yeah. Stadium. He hasn't been healthy. There's he was a coming off of Tommy John, bad. right? But, it's hard I mean, to keep up with all these injuries, but yes. He, he, he He's never pitched that many innings over his career. Yeah, You shouldn't true. probably count on him. On the other hand, he is a fun Twitter follow. He... 
like seems to be a good guy in the clubhouse. You want to root for a guy like that. Yeah, but don't. And, and, and he's got a very funny wife. I saw some reference, and I actually looked at her Twitter. And um, it's great. They, interesting people, a great guy. One thing they say is kind of like last year when they signed the veterans. You know, they'll be good mentors for the young guys. I don't know whether that's true or not. Um, but um, the problem is you just can't count on very many innings out of the guy because he's had so well, many injury problems. Yeah, but let's go to Scott Casimir, who you were like. Speaking remember, of injury problems. I remember yeah. him being good. He, you remember him being like a better version of what we just talked about with Fulty. He was right. a pretty good pitcher as compared to a mediocre pitcher who had flashes. Yeah. But his lowest ERA uh, when he's like had a full season was a 3-1 in 2015 okay. split between Oakland and Houston. And that's mostly mm-hmm. propelled by a freakish 109 innings in Oakland. Okay. The guy's never been consistently healthy. He, in fact, didn't pitch last year. There are now right. stories of him like doing okay in spring training, but not throwing that hard. Yeah, the, what I've seen just a little bit about him out of spring training is he is he has not thrown a ball ninety miles an hour yet. He's he's mm. throwing mid to upper eighties with his fastball, and not that you can't be successful in the major leagues with a fastball in the eighties. But there aren't very many examples of that. Um, maybe he'll be the next Jamie Moyer at this stage of his career and get people out for another decade throwing the ball in the 80s. But um, maybe odds are against it. Yeah. Um, so in theory, McCarthy maybe I'll do it. There's probably almost as good a chance. Um, <laughs> so that's sort of the, I guess, established guys. If you want right. to say it on the start, and, and established in the sense that, yeah. Fulte and, and Tehran, of course, are going to get every chance, and it'll, it'll take a lot for them not to be in the rotation. I mean, either could be hurt, but assuming that. Uh, McCarthy and Kasmer, they're you just got to figure they're going to be hurt. If they pitch really well and they stay relatively healthy, um, then they're going to be traded, right? right. they got no value to the Braves beyond that. Here's year. the other weird um, thing. We're about to talk about what are technically non-prospects because they've – hit an age and or innings limit to not be right. prospect lists. Uh-huh. But they're young, talented pitchers who you'd rather... Oh, right. All, all the rest we're going to talk about are guys who, who could be really good major leaguers but just haven't had the chance to prove it yet. And let's let's leave... That, that the, potential word I used right. earlier. That's, that's what let's, we're getting to now. Let's leave the two big lefties for a second because they're more interesting. Okay. And I want to dismiss... Uh-huh the ability for guys like Lucas Sims, Matt Whistler, and Aaron Blair to be in the rotation. Yeah, they are not going to be. Well, um, there are Sims scenarios. Sims got a few starts last year. Um, right. He did not pitch well when he did. Yeah. But let me put it this way. They are rotation contenders in the sense that they could possibly have a start or two for the Braves this year. If yeah. it does come to pass, the Braves season is already And if there are lots of injuries back. or other problems, that is yes. who they'll turn to before they decide it's time to call up Soroka, Allard, Calwright. They, they might be gap yeah. fillers, but if the Braves are counting on a lot of starts out of Sims, Whistler, Blair, um, ooh, I don't want to think about what this season is going to be like. Having said that, you know, I still have kind of a soft spot for Matt Whistler. I know. He's apparently looked really good this spring. And, and I say that because he has had some success at the major league level. I don't know what happened to him, but he wasn't You compared him to Greg Maddox. No, we have no, been over don't, this. Don't even, don't even say that. Um, 
<laughs> I know I said that, but I, I regret that more than nobody's. It's almost matters. instant. This is this is the worst example of the Floyd curse possibly ever. Right. Because yeah. otherwise it's people on. Well, that's a stupid thing for me to have said, and I'll, I'll apologize again. But of course, he's nothing like Greg Maddox. He's like Greg Maddox in the sense that so many people are. The only way he can really succeed at the major league level if he has, you know, excellent command of his fastball because his stuff is not overwhelming. Well, that's true, you know, of 80% of major league right. pitchers, and there's only been one Greg Maddox in history. So, yeah, that, I, I won't ever make that comparison again. Right. <laughs> Having said that, Whistler has been successful. He was he was okay when they called him up as a rookie. He had a few good starts, and he had a couple of really good months in 2016. And then the wheels fell off. And then last year he was worse, so I'm, I'm. It may be time to give up on him, but what the hell? Let's let's see what happens. I think there's an excellent chance he might be in the bullpen, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe a long man. Um, they could send him back to AAA, but I'm not sure what the point is. Let's just see if he can get major league hitters out in whatever kind of role they give him. Not not as a starter, but I, I, I think they might. I mean, their bullpen was so bad last year. Um, you know, you might as well try some of your young guys and see if they can do it. And also, you've got arms coming up, and this is the real difference right. between the Braves' rotation this year and previous years. Exactly. Immediately in the rotation will be two very uh, hard-throwing, very big lefties. The smaller, exactly. older one is Sean Newcomb. He is only smaller because Luis Gahara is big. On the other hand, Newcomb yeah. has him by a few inches. Sean Newcomb is 6'5", 255, throws 100 miles an hour from the left-hand side of the rubber, and that's a recipe for being interesting, at the very least. And he's yeah, been he's going to get every chance to succeed. The problem with Newcomb, of course, and it's you don't have to be a scout or know anything about baseball to know it is, the guy walks too many people. I don't know right. why he does that. Um, he 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 has great stuff. People do not hit the ball hard off of him. Um, he actually has been remarkably successful for a guy who walks five batters per nine innings. I mean, he walks yeah. uh, a batter every two innings plus. Um, Th- this is yet, what's crazy. And he did that throughout his minor league career. And they called him up anyway to Atlanta, and he did the same thing in Atlanta. And he'll still have an ERA around four, you know, which – You'd think if you walk that many. Well, that's because he strikes out a lot of people. People don't hit it hard. The thing that drives you crazy about Newcomb is you think if he could just reduce that walk ratio, I don't know, to three and a half per nine innings. Or three per, if he did walk three per nine innings, he's an all-star. Oh, yeah. Right? Easier said than done, obviously. What do I know about it? And, you know, part of the problem is, I guess, if he doesn't uh, walk that many people, maybe he's a lot more hittable, but... He'll never be a really good major league pitcher if he's walking over five batters per nine innings. That's just not good. There's no, there's no example I know of where somebody was really good and successful walking that many people. Um, so he's, I mean, and everybody knows that. He knows it as well as anybody. The craziest you know, the thing, thing is, about Newcomb, I want you watch the guy. He has the easiest motion in the world. He's a big guy. He doesn't have a big windup. It's very smooth. You'd think it'd be very repeatable. Why can't he just put the ball where he wants to? But no idea. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, and perhaps the archetypal pitcher who could walk guys and still be a successful major leaguer was Nolan Ryan. Right. For his was, career, Nolan Ryan averaged 4.7 walks per nine innings. There, yeah, which is, 
I'm sure, far more than any other Hall of Fame pitcher. Yeah, and um, Nolan Ryan has the weirdest stats of anybody ever. Right, and Nolan, talk about being unique in baseball history. He, he, he takes the cake on that. Um, um, he, I mean, just totally strange. But one, he was leading the league in strikeouts. Well, yeah, and, and by far more. I mean, his strikeout numbers may not, for nine innings, may not look any better than people nowadays, but that's when people didn't strike out nearly as much. And, and of course, he was also pitching 350 right. every year. And in his best years, he was walking about the same number of guys that Sean Newcomb did last year. Uh huh. But in his really good years, less. He, you know, right. Newcomb cannot maintain a five walks. Right. Per yeah, night. he just he just won't he won't be a good major league pitch. It's interesting. The Braves decided to call him up last year, even though he was still walking five batters for nine innings. And he did okay. Um, and he did. He, and he did. He actually looked pretty good to me. Uh, his numbers weren't too bad. Uh, continued to walk too many people, but otherwise, people don't square the ball up on him. I mean, his stuff is must be awfully good. Now, uh, as we talk about this, he has appeared in three games, all as a starter. He has pitched six innings in spring training. He has walked a grand total of two batters. Very, okay. very, very small sample size. That's better. <laughs> If he would keep up that ratio, as I yeah. said before, he's an all-star. Um, That's anyway. all it takes. But let's think about this. That makes me praise him that he has two walks in six <laughs> right. innings. Uh-huh. It's a very different kind of guy. I right. I would love it if Newcomb did better and stuck around because he's fun. But right. you can't totally count on it. The no, other of course not. impressive guy, and by the way, like five years younger... Let's not yeah. forget, Newcomb's going to be 25 this year. His birthday's in June. Yeah. Uh, but there's a guy who will turn 22 in July named Luis Gohara, which means their player age is wider than their actual age difference. Right. Yeah, Gohara was the revelation last year. I mean, he was basically given away by the Mariners. Um, you know, great stuff. But they thought this guy probably won't make it. Um, and he had just a phenomenal year for the Braves by, you know, jumping about three levels in the, yeah. in the major leagues. In Atlanta last year at the tail end of the season, he got five starts, was in 29 innings, and had a 4.91 ERA. There were some right. impressive stats in there. He had 31 strikeouts at the major league level, so that was 9.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Right. 2.5 walks per nine innings. He only oh, managed yeah. to give up two home runs. On the other hand... His fielding independent pitching was right. excellent. It was one of the starkest differences you can see between actual ERA and what it would be projected to be. Yeah, it's, and it's I, less I think than it 30 innings. small sample size, some bad luck. The, the batting average on balls in play was way up there, and that's, that's a fluke. I don't think they were hitting the ball hard against him either. I saw an analysis somewhere... Um, of the, the small sample size, and there really weren't that even that many hard, hard hit balls. Um, and that's why a lot of the projections out there and a lot of scouts are saying he could be the Braves' best pitcher this year. Well, that's um, what's sort of weird. Um, yeah. A, a guy with five starts in the major leagues on the ERA of almost five. <laughs> People are talking like he's the best one they got. Well, and he may be. Ronald Acuna might have made us think that if you go from high A to double A to triple A as a 20-year-old, you should improve. Most people don't yeah. do that, and Gahara certainly uh-huh. didn't. But yeah. he was good at all levels. Oh, right. He had yeah. a 198 ERA in 36 innings for the Florida Fire Frogs, got moved up to Mississippi, where he went from being three years younger on average to four years younger on average than everyone he was playing against. He had a 2.6 ERA at Mississippi, 
in 52 innings, he managed to strike out 60 batters and yet again was not giving up home runs or, frankly, too many walks, three per nine there. That changed a bit at Gwinnett where he gave up 16 walks in 35 innings, but he struck out more batters per nine. So maybe he was throwing harder or something. But he had a 3-3-1 ERA in the International League as a 20-year-old in admittedly 35 yeah, innings. Fabulous numbers for a 20-year-old um, in the minor leagues, enough to get him a call-up at the end of the year. And he impressed everybody. Um, so there are a lot of high hopes. Now, he's injured at the yes. moment. He's had a sore groin. And then I saw a story right before we yep. started this that he sprained his ankle. <laughs> and so he'll miss some more time. So he probably won't be in the rotation as of opening day just because he's missing so much time in spring training. I don't think this injury is all that serious, but I guess we don't know yet. But usually at the beginning of the season, and I haven't analyzed the Braves' start, but I assume it's still true, you kind of get where if you want five guys to pitch. Oh, it is. They, they were already saying they don't need five starters until at least two weeks into the so season. So Gahara, so yeah, I didn't fine. see exactly when. Gahara right. might be the odd man out and starting every game early. Right. Because of this. Um, also, things like missing as much time he has for a pulled groin or being so concerned about a rolled ankle is very much a spring training recovery. Exactly, yeah. You just don't mess with it. Yeah. You don't need uh, Anyway, I'm excited to see the guy pitch because his stuff is as good as almost anybody's. Um, he's like Newcomb, except he, I mean, he throws every bit as hard um, and he doesn't walk as many people. So, yeah, you got to like that. Uh, the one thing I still am disappointed about with Luis Gohara is that as a Brazilian athlete, he doesn't seem to have a singular name. Which I would like. Uh, well, he'll have to come up. We'll, maybe the fans in Brazil will come maybe, up with one. Maybe Gahara is a such a unique name. I don't know enough Portuguese to tell you. But. Because that's that's usually what happens. Um, right. Certainly, Luis is common enough that that almost guarantees that <laughs> right. you're not called Luis. Um, but you know, Gahara could easily be, as you said, some projections have him as our best pitcher. I wouldn't put money on that. No. But, but it just goes to show the main point we made to start this. Unknown. There is there is so much unde- unpredictability in this rotation. The upside is higher than it's been for a long time. Oh, because yeah. if, if Julio um, is the good Julio, if Bolton Evitz turns the corner, and then the two young lefties um, really blossom, all of a sudden you could be talking about a really good rotation. But of course... None of that could happen, and you wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> well, and here's what's really interesting to me, though. When we talk about the guys that are sort of penciled in to be right there for the major league starting rotation early in the year, last year we did that, and you had the two old guys and the one not-so-old but slightly injured guy in Dickey and Cologne and Garcia. And the real thing was when they weren't doing so hot – and Cologne face-planted. You didn't have the young guy immediately ready to step in. You needed to see what Sean Newcomb was going to do at AAA. Everyone You're else right. was farther yeah, away. That's, that's a big difference. Um, you knew all along last year that the kids you were the most excited about just weren't going to pitch in the major leagues no matter what. That's not true this year. <laughs> and when I say the kids were most excited about, weren't as excited as I am about Guhara and Newcomb, uh, we're talking about the next wave, right? Yeah. The guys the who Soroka, were really good at Allard, now Kyle Wright, who we didn't even have at this time last year. 
Right. But also, you have that grouping that's probably, I mean, Wright will probably be at Mississippi for a few starts. He might yeah. start out at AAA, who knows. But Soroka and Allard will certainly be there. You also, right. interestingly, get, you know, Ian Anderson could impress, yeah. really move up, pull what a lot of those guys did, and look ready by the end of the year. Yeah, we talked last week about prospects, but there's so many pitchers to be excited about. And again, most of them are have no real chance to pitch in the major leagues this year. And even Soroka and Allard are awfully young. They're both 20, um, almost the same age as each other. Um, but it's not unheard of for 20-year-olds to, to start at the major league level. But it's been a long time since the Braves had anybody good enough at age 20 that, to start in the major leagues. But um, these, these guys might be the ones. If we get halfway through the year or get to August and there have been enough injuries or ineffectiveness and they've pitched well at AAA, we may, I think we will see them. Soroka, especially. I, I think there's an excellent chance we'll see Soroka oh, by yeah. the time the season's halfway over. And a pretty good chance we're going to see Allard unless weird things happen. You know, they, they, they've called up uh, Tommy Hansen, um, Chris Medlin um, a few years ago. They, are they, you know, they, they didn't make it out of spring training, but call them up like in June. I remember when they called up Steve Avery in June. Um, now, that's before your memory, but, well, you know, the and I was gonna say, prospect, he was 20 years old, um, and they said, what the hell, let's go ahead and get him up here. I was um, going to say, what does Steve Avery have any bearing? But actually, some of the same decision makers are there. Over that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually... Sherholz and Cox saying, yeah, we remember. We have some real excitement coming when we talk about infielders, uh next week and then especially when we wrap up with outfielders which mm-hmm. will be our second in the preview series that will be mostly devoted to Ronald Acuna but right. you know what's interesting to me is we've kind of tried to reclaim I think on this show the idea of there's no such thing as a pitching prospect to focus on a pitching prospect Right. that if you bet on one guy and so yeah. if you look at Bryce Wilson well Bryce Wilson was drafted in 2016 he was, you know, an exciting prospect. He's kind of a ready-built type of right-handed power pitcher. He turned 20 uh, five days before Christmas. He pitched outstandingly last year at Rome. This is a guy who could advance through the minors and be a guy who really looks like as a 21-year-old he could break out in the majors. Yeah. But if he doesn't... The Braves don't you, need to be. You got a dozen other guys that right. probably have at least as good a shot at it. Then and that's the thing. Ian Anderson Even if you were counting on three or four pitchers, you'd say, "Well, odds are two or three of them, or maybe all, will get hurt or be a bust." When you really, when you have a dozen or fifteen that have that kind of potential, that's when you can convince yourself that, "Hey, maybe three or four of them will turn into really good major leaguers," and they just might. Well, and you know, I kind of dismiss Lucas Sims because yeah. compared to other people. He's not as exciting. But Lucas Sims is probably a major league pitcher. I think he might even have a career ahead of him as a journeyman who pitches long release and bounces around. I just don't think he's going to be part of the Braves rotation, especially given all the pitchers they have. But he was the Braves' top pitching prospect like three years ago. Yeah, he'll turn 24. Because didn't have any others. Right. He'll turn 24 in May. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, you know, he came up last year. He did okay he kind of got beat around but 
he had his moments. But that's a guy that maybe goes to the bullpen, adds a an extra mile or two on his fastball, and seems to kind of improve. But as I was saying, if you thought, our, our guy that's ready is Lucas Sims, and we need him to come through, well, actually, we don't at all. Trouble, right. yeah. We don't even need it out of Nukem and Gahara. If those guys By the way, there was one we didn't mention before we wrap up, uh, and that was Max. I mean, you did mention him up front. We didn't talk about, and that's Max Freed. Because that's an odd case. Because yeah, I'm that, going to the uh, bullpen quickly. Oh, okay. Uh, Here, here's what Freed I'm going to do. Freed is a possibility to be in the rotation. He got a few starts last year and pitched sure, out of the bullpen. Right. So he's the one other guy on the roster that I think we may see getting some starts. He has he has such good stuff, a good curveball. Uh, he's been maddingly inconsistent himself. Um, Braves called him up even though he hadn't pitched that well last right. year. Um, and he showed flashes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a bullpen piece, yeah. but he's he's the one other guy that we may see get a few and, starts. And here's the other thing. There are guys like Max Freed who could look really good in the bullpen. He throws hard. Oh, he's yeah. He's a lefty. He's got some pedigree. And the bullpen last year wasn't great, although the bullpen had a few disastrous pieces. It, it wasn't. No it wasn't just not great. It was really pretty bad. I mean, there were there were some good pitchers in the bullpen, but there were some others that were so bad that overall it was one of the worst bullpens in the league. But um, let me list the people it, that you are don't on care our that much because the guys that did that oh well they weren't going to stick around anyway, and they 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 don't have them now. So, Arotis Viscaino pitched well last year. He's coming. He back. did. Jose Ramirez pitched well. He's coming back. Yeah. Dan Winkler, Sam Freeman, they were fun. Yeah, Freeman was a revelation. He was really quite good, yeah. He's a 30-year-old reliever who had a good year out of nowhere. I wouldn't count on him. No, I wouldn't count on him again. On the other hand, uh, we're going to invite a nearly 40-year-old reliever into camp, and I'm excited with Peter Moylan returning. Yeah, that's fun. Because righties can't hit the guy. If if Snitker has the sense never to use him against the lefty, he could be a very effective pitcher. Um, but you shudder to think any major league left-handed hitter facing Moylan yes. is in great shape. But yeah, he can hit righties out still. Now I haven't mentioned guys like AJ Minter. Well, he's the most exciting one of all. I mean, in the bullpen, uh, we talked about him a little bit last week as a prospect, but he's not a prospect anymore in the sense that there's no chance he's going to the minor leagues. He will be a part of the major league bullpen, I assume. It's just a matter of what his role is and how often he can pitch, given health concerns. But in his limited role last year, he had as good a stats as anybody you'd ever want to see. Um, striking out like 15 for nine innings and not walking anybody. I mean, he was, um, he was pretty great. And, you know, the key to a bullpen is always figuring out who is good as who is and who is not. And perhaps right. that was not a skill Snicker showed last year. Right. On the other hand... He didn't have a whole lot to work with. He had to keep trotting some people out there that just couldn't get it done. And in July, you kept trotting Jim Johnson out there in hopes he would pitch well enough you could trade him. Yeah. Yeah, he might have been getting instructions from the GM about that. It it didn't work. I mean, in the sense that he didn't recover and pitch well. At least they don't have him now. So, you know, the bullpen is teeming with people. And I I am going to say it right here. I think if Max Fried is told you are going to be one of the lefties out of the bullpen, and we might even count on you in the 7th and 8th inning consistently. Mm-hmm. I think he could be really good. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I don't know. He he but might get injured again. Young pitcher, though. You really don't want to put him in the bullpen until we're certain. Well, wait, 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 wait. Because starters have 
you, at least traditionally they have. Maybe the game's changed. <laughs> what I was going to say is... Maybe, for, you know, Andrew Miller, Lance McCullers are more valuable right. than almost all starters. But, yeah. Well, Miller is, was never that great as a starter. Um, right. But maybe actually the other thing is we have enough arms we can figure out who are our exactly. best starters, and we don't need don't to just rely keep on relying on people who are effective. Try somebody else. If Give you're shot. looking at it in a vacuum, I think what you said is true, that it's more valuable to have a starter than a reliever. But if you know your five starters and you don't know about a guy, you think he can help in the bullpen, yeah. come in the bullpen. It's also true if you start having multiple inning bullpen guys, which is the more current trend mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Um, if there's somebody who really can come in and get good two or three strong innings in a close game, that, that's pretty great. I don't know whether they're going to try that with anybody, but they may have somebody like that. I mean, you've got enough former starters that you might try it. That's what I mean, yep. And, I mean... I mean, maybe even Whistler and or Blair could be in that role. You know, Freeman pitched 60 innings in 58 games. Yeah. Um, he tried his best to Freeman, make Freeman, by the way, is a loogie. Um, he and is. And unfortunately, because they had so many other pitchers that weren't pitching well, he had to pitch too many innings against right-handers. Uh, yeah, 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 but... do that. My point is more, Snicker is probably willing to do it, too. Yeah. Luke Jackson had... 50 innings and 43 games. Right. So he was above it. Now his best relievers were actually fewer innings pitched than appearances. Right. So goes both ways. Um, but I think there's reason to think that the Braves will have a better pitching staff next year. Oh, I think so. Now that's because they were 12th out of 15. And, and they may the not be for, to go back to what we said before. You're relying on a whole bunch of people that are not established. You don't know what to expect. Right. But the upside of this pitching staff is far better than the potential upside has been since they started this rebuild, and that's that's the fun thing about it. Um, and I'm 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 gonna hold on to my hope until it's dashed. Yeah, but like on every stat, they were bad. Oh right, yeah. They uh, were twelfth in runs and earned runs. They were ninth in home runs, twelfth in walks given up, thirteenth in strikeouts. The staff wasn't good last year, but I think right. that it, the real Drecks are gone. That includes the 814 ERA for Bartolo Colon <laughs> right. in 63 innings. The 556 of Jim Johnson in 56 innings. God. Um, Ian Kroll's 533 in 49 oh. innings. Yeah. Um, presumably, Lucas Sims will not be able to pitch 57 innings if he has a 562. Right. right. I think that's, 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 that's the difference this year. We won't see people pitching 60 innings with an ERA of five or six, I hope. And there were multiple guys like that. So right. the Braves will probably be improved on the pitching side, but I intentionally structured our previews to go this order because, frankly, it's going to be more exciting to talk about the hitters. Yep. Um, and I look forward to that, Will. And we'll be doing that next week, so make sure to tune back in right here with the Channel 17 podcast, right here on the Productive Leisure Network. You can find every single one of our episodes on ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us for updates on everything to do with the Productive Leisure Network on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.